We're live, Joe. What up, what up? I'm eating lunch on DeFi Lunch. Hey, life imitating art. Hopefully <laughs> I can keep my mouth shut and not gross everybody out. That's watching, well, you know. if, if anybody is. Well, at least you started wearing pants. You know, I guess that's a good thing. You know, that's so. a that's a positive. Absolutely. Pull, uh, Jeffrey Tubin or whatever, whoever that guy is from the not New York him. Times. <laughs> Imagine well, look, dying. Man. Imagine yeah. dying famous for that. Good God! I mean, I don't know what the hell. Whatever, man. You know, it's like people do what they do, but you would think you'd have a little common sense on that one. No, oh my God, dude! It's, not it's just almost being... like you want to get caught. Yeah, yeah. It's like I mean, just the level of paranoia that exists. Anyhow, it just seems hysterical that someone would do forget about that. Yeah, it's um, stupid. But uh. Well, look, man, today is, uh, of course, today is FOMC day. So two o'clock announcement on rate hikes in the U.S. Um, everybody says 50 bips. One person's been saying 75 and like nobody's saying 25. So I think, you know, I don't know, I'm going to pull up the stock indices, but I don't think, I think this is going to be a non-event. I think what everybody's really looking at is the guy that's on the tapering side. I think they're talking about starting to retire 95 billion off the balance sheet a month. Um, and, you know, when they, we started raising rates back in, you know, 2018, I think it was, um, the tapering was a, was a huge impact and, you know, there's just going to be a sell-off when, when, if that stuff isn't expected or people don't understand that. I think everybody understands it this time around, but I don't think that, I don't think there's not going to be a sell-off, um, but maybe not today because everything looks pretty well no we're off a little bit everybody's waiting good morning Eamon. what do we got Eamon just said hey buddy um so we'll wait on that i i don't think it's going to be a big event but what happens when you when they retire it's a very i should get one of my treasury guys on to explain this because i always call them to explain it to me that's a good idea but the tapering like when you retire off of the fed balance sheet I'm not mistaken. Let's see if I can get the logic right here. It goes, it goes back to the banks in some way, shape, or form, but it also somehow gets paid out. The person who's actually really paying for it are the consumers. So where the money comes out is it comes out of the household finance number, if I'm not mistaken, through some kind of you know accounting entry, or maybe it's passing it on to the consumers or something. But it really affects um, you know consumer spending. So that might be where if we really want to get a handle on inflation, you know, that might be where the big lever is on that, because right. I think still at these low rates, you know, that we're trying to get to, I think, three percent by the end of the end of the year or something or next year. I don't think that's enough um, to stop the demand and the demand has to get curtailed in order to stop the price. Now, I personally think that. Um, you know, you can't begrudge people for spending money that have it right. now that didn't have it in the past. So, sure. you know, I'm not trying to sound, you know, callous here um, because I think people have a right to buy food and health care and things like that. <laughs> you you <know>? think? <laughs> yeah, wherever the money comes from. Um, but at the same time, you know, you have to stop demand. And so I kind of really put a lot of this on the corporations myself that i mean you just see it really in the oil and gas space in particular uh, yeah. 
you see it in the food space. I mean, they're just raising rates and there's yeah, really screwing gouging. Yeah, yeah, I mean, totally. they're, they're trying to make up for the pandemic here and get revenue back um, to put it nicely, to give it a nice yeah. rationale. But, but, you know, look, they answer to shareholders, you know, like us and like everybody else out there and they got to get returns. So yeah. they're going to do it. I mean, I was just, you know, my imagine little... if shareholders actually gave a shit about people. Yeah, Instead but they of, uh, they tend to not. Yeah, you know, they, everybody wants to get their their money, and you can't begrudge it. That's that's the way it is. But you know, kind of like some people have an awful lot, and some people have none. So yep. that's not sustainable long haul. No, no. Um, I mean, it's funny. I was in you know my my miso paste example that I can't remember who wrote the comment on that for us, but uh, you know, I was in there in the store yesterday i guess it was and i was looking at this and it's like you know 13 dollars 89 cents now for a tub of that stuff not a big tub i mean like a little i don't know quart size container maybe uh-huh and um and i swear to i swear that like a year ago that was like 8.99 damn and so now it seems like what used to be an 80 dollar trip to the grocery store has now turned into a 120 dollar trip to the grocery store so you know, obviously it's there, but I don't know how much is fuel, how much is food, but something's got to give. And so we'll see what happens at two o'clock. You know, uh, I don't know. I don't know if my family's just massively consuming more electricity and water or what, but mine is out of control. Yeah, I've heard about that, too. Yeah, that everything is just all of all of it's going up. So, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's. On the one hand, now, then you'd look at the other side. You know, we talk about, uh, you know, U.S. debt, government debt. Um, you know, it does say the three trillion to the Chinese. You know, we've haircut off about, <laughs> sorry, about 750 billion of that bill. Right. So, you know, that's a good thing. Um, unfortunately, you know, who's paying for it is the consumers yep. in a lot of ways. So, you know, there's a lot of, angles to this um you know and then you look at european inflation i think it's at seven and a half percent so it's not like we're that much higher than europe so it's not like we're the only ones right um so i don't know if inflation is you know kind of equal amongst all the competing uh economies you know again the consumer feels it but um it sort of nets out um in a lot of ways you know, I'm, not, I'm not sure, but you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens next. I mean, you got to expect something's going to, you know, correct eventually. Absolutely. Um, it's just a matter of when. Um, there was something else that was. Um, I'll probably come back to me in a second. I just connected a dot on in my head, but Dave Chappelle. This is a big story. Dave Chappelle got attacked on stage last night. I saw that, and I saw that Chris Rock <laughs> came up after with him and goes. Who let Will Smith in here? <laughs> I think it was Jamie Foxx. Yeah, but but oh, but, Jamie Foxx said that. Okay, yeah, yeah, but evidently his his he and his team dragged the guy to the back and just beat the shit out of him. Yeah, I heard somebody said like twelve people were kicking him when he was down. <laughs> Gotta love comedy, right? <laughs> Those are tough guys. Um, you know that is a good. That's a funny story. Also, the one on the Supreme Court. Uh, draft memo leak story you know a lot of speculation in different sources i was reading that it was um they a lot of people think it was a conservative member's staff so they can lock in the wording yeah because roberts was trying to pull kavanaugh and gorsuch out to a 
another one that would just sort of lock in on the Mississippi 15 week uh, time limit versus whatever it is now, 22 or something like that. Yeah. Um, and people were going to defect. So they wanted to leak it so people couldn't defect. So I'm going to make the call right now who I think the leaker was. And I'm going to say it's Clarence Thomas. That's exactly what I was going to say. Through his wife. His wife did it. Yeah. And I guarantee you, his it. wife got hold of it and leaked it because yeah. she's a slimy. Oh, she is. She's horrid. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's just uh, I'm no fan of Clarence Thomas myself. I do remember his confirmation hearings and all the Anita Hill stuff yeah, and all that. Shit. I mean, it just looks like, you know, Sunday school compared to the stuff that goes on today. Yeah. So, you know, you got to think that you got five, you know, even like you look at some of these, you know, I'm not going to pick on the Catholics too hard here, but, you know, some of these, um, like Barrett, when you look at what she did when she was at Notre Dame, she lived at a group house with this kind of, it's all, I'm going to call it a cult. It was a very right-wing fundamentalist group of Catholics. Serious right-wing Catholics. I mean, this is like, she is, you know, I mean, you want to look at someone who's a true believer and whatever. It's her. And she was yeah. trained that way. I mean, in that group house she was in, you know, people couldn't even date or marry someone else without the approval of like the house RA dude or whatever kind of thing. It was a priest, of course, but not a this is like a not a Catholic. You know, this is not one coming down through the Pope lineage of Catholicism. This is another sect. Yeah. And so now you got at least five Catholics on the Supreme Court, if not more. And, you know, all about the pro-life issue. But, you know, watch what they come. You brought this up yesterday. Watch what they come for next. Yeah. I mean, they're coming after privacy. They're coming after gay marriage. Look, they're coming I mean, after everything. They have openly stated that the goal of a good segment of that party is a theocracy. It, yeah. it's, it's why they don't care about dismantling democracy. So um, I had uh, Crypto Clay yesterday who's a fan um, called me out a little bit on Twitter. Cause I was engaging in the political uh, discussions and, um, and, and he, you know, his point of view was that, um, you know, crypto would be nice if crypto could remain politically neutral. And I agree, it would be nice, but you know, currently the voice of crypto is dominated by some pretty right wing folks. And, I think that a majority of the people in crypto are probably moderate. And so from my perspective, I think there's uh, an opportunity here to have more moderate voices, you know, speaking out for and about and persuading about crypto so that, number one, the brand of crypto can be improved out in the world because the whole crypto bro shit is just toxic for, for our brand. And... Number two, if if this will become one of the largest financial systems in the world in some way, form, or shape, shape, or form, um, you know, we need like reasonable people in charge of it. And there's a lot of power that comes with that. So anyway, I, look, I have severe concerns, um, you know, and I call out, let me make it clear, I call out the radical left weekly yeah. on Twitter. I call them out all the time. And including Elizabeth Warren, who's not even as radical as some of them. So, but the Republicans to me are, have the ability, look, they only need three to five governors this year and control of Congress to give Trump an election, whether he wins or not in 2024. That to me 
is disconcerting because I think they'll be, they're willing to do it. It was obvious by how they acted during the last election. So anyway, um, to those of you that I offend that are more conservative in your political viewpoints, uh, my apologies. I'm always happy to engage in a reasonable conversation. Um, and we're always happy to have your viewpoint on the show. So anybody out there wants to come in uh, that has a, a, a contrary viewpoint to us, we love to have a reasonable, rational discussion about that and find our common ground. So don't hesitate to come on. And uh, also don't hesitate to call me out. Uh, thank you, Crypto Clay. I think it's Crypto. Yeah, Crypto Clay for, um, for you know, bringing it up. It helps me from uh, spinning out of control on the political front. So, you know, that's that's always a good thing. Yeah, that's so. what we need. Less Brad rants, right? Oh, no, we need more Brad rants. <laughs> um, I'm so I had not heard. Uh, oh, I'm going to share up, share up, share up. So a little I mean, there was some news yesterday. Um, there's this project called NIM. I had never heard it of, heard of, which um, is trying to be a full-blown privacy, I believe, chain. Mm -hmm. Let me read this shit back over here again. Um, but they, they're kind of positioning themselves as more of like an infrastructure play. They have a token. They have this thing called the NIM MixNet. Um, that I assume essentially gives people the ability to cover transactions, to cover data, personal data, um, you know, that kind of information. Uh, <laughs> Chuck said Elizabeth Warren is hot. Everybody, Chuck Shotton believes that Elizabeth Warren is hot. Um, of course, then he followed up with a JK, but I'm going with the first one. Let's put that yeah. on the screen. Let's put that on the screen. Yeah, baby. <laughs> You would have really liked her today. I, I saw a video of her being really angry about the Roe v. Wade thing. So, you know. oh, yeah, there. You know, I mean, yeah, she's going to be. Well, here, here, here's the stupid. Here's how bad Democrats are. Like, this is how it fucking. You trying to appease Crypto Clay now? No, no. Okay. Right. He would like me not to talk about politics at all. Oh, here's how incompetent. This is bad management. This is, this is, this is why Democrats, despite having having a platform that a majority of Americans support, like a majority of Americans oh, yeah. support the basic tenets of the Democratic Party, they still fail and lose. Um, number one, the consultants control everything when it comes to campaigns. And most of them haven't even figured out that the that politics is on the internet now. Number two, strategically they're incompetent number three they want to intellectually argue every viewpoint instead of realizing that every campaign needs to be targeted to uh eight-year-olds education level because that's what americans respond to especially with how inundated they are with information and number four they they, they have this this desire to like be polite like it's just it's astounding to me so when she gets angry that and starts ranting about how the Republicans have been trying to do this for 30, 40 years. I'm like, yeah, no fucking duh. It's not like they hit it. We knew this was coming 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago. You had plenty of opportunity for that party to get its shit together and learn how to actually strike back like Republicans do and stay on message like Republicans do and move the window like Republicans do. So you know, I, I am an equal opportunity complainer and ranter. Let me tell you. Well, I, I'll take the counter on that one for a second. Okay. Um, 
I think that when you look at, like you said, you look at the segments, there's like 30, I'll just go straight down to what we'll call um, economic populists. Okay. The 30% that's the real hardcore Republican yeah. libertarian uh, wing that, you know, if you look at it, you're right, the education levels, and I'm not trying to offend anybody. It's just, these are people that have been left behind because they don't have the skills to, for the most part, the majority to succeed in this society. So when Democrats come out, who, who, you know, the ones that dominate it tend to be ones who have a lot of higher education. And so those arguments and discussions resonate in their rooms and their discussions and their happy hour chats, but they don't resonate with people in rural America at all. Well, now, the problem is that they are getting a lot of stuff from the Democratic platform that they don't even realize they're getting. No, that of course benefits not. them. And so they don't, you know, they got to be willing to get down into, like you said, the base messaging. And so when you say eight-year-olds or eighth grader, it's not third graders, third, third graders. graders. It's not as a, a way to um, insult. It's just that a lot of people don't have time to read the 18-page article in Vanity Fair magazine or the Atlantic or the Post yeah, look, or the Times. And exactly. they need a headline. They need a nugget because they're getting it on Facebook or they're getting it somewhere else. That's it. And they just need to be told why it benefits them. Absolutely. And it's I'm not, not talking that, about looking down on people. I'm just no. saying that you can't, they can't process it because they're not, busy as shit. It's not that the educational intellectual capacity of most Americans uh, is, is at an eight year old or third grade level. It's that we are so in an, and, the, and the third grade level, by the way, was true when I was running campaigns, you know, in, in the eighties. So, you know, it's not eighties and nineties. So it's even worse now because our attention is torn 5,000 directions with constant doses of dopamine flying into our heads. So. And everybody's it, mad already. Yeah, yeah. And it's that you have to synthesize the message, right. And that, and, and the Democrats have destroyed themselves and their branding, you know, as soon as Reagan and company started in the tax and spend shit, that was when the Democrats lost control because they tried to explain how things worked. And you, you, people don't give a shit how things work. They just want to know what's in it for them. We are all inherently selfish. We want to know what's in it for us. And that's what Repub Republicans are great at that. And Republicans are great at staying on message. And they're awesome, awesome at leveraging fear and hate. I mean, look, the entire, yeah. the entire thing that got Nixon elected was... Republicans figured out that if they went after the racist Southerners who were Democrats, they could win. That's why they dropped language about drug dealers. That's why they dropped languages, language that dog whistled about racism, because they knew they could move all of those, the racist Democrats in the South, onto their team. And that was the beginning of the end for Democrats. And for some reason, Democrats are just too fucking stupid to figure out how to message um you're, after all this time so. niblet says it well bringing books to a gunfight yeah yeah you i've know. got his up definitely oh you did okay cool yeah no i mean it you know it's interesting i was just looking at stats on you know uh just you know i'm just drawing a parallel i'm not saying it's better or not but say the amount of americans with a college degree in 1960 it was only 7.7 percent yeah. and now this one's saying Statista saying 37.5%. And some other group is saying 27.5%. Forbes. So, you know, you could sort of see a lot of the Democrat policy and argument is it's democratic. 
it's thoughtfully reasoned policy that is impossible to implement, you know, without forcing people to do it. Yeah. And Americans don't want to be forced to do anything. I mean, just think back about seatbelts, driver's license. There was a huge fight over people getting driver's licenses back in like maybe the 30s and seatbelts. And, you know, just think about whenever the smoking. I mean, you remember like when you go into a restaurant? I remember in college working in restaurants and bars. Everybody's smoking. On a plane. Planes, yeah. I was in a um, Iberia air flight in Spain back in 19... Oh, shit. Early, Spain? Early, early 90s. <laughs> and, you know, the no smoking section was like the last two rows of the plane. The rest of the plane was all smoking. So you're like everybody and they're smoking cigars and stuff, you know. I know. And so you're in the back row. It's like, well, OK. So I love how they call it a no smoking section. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Like you can was... avoid the cloud. In and the... I remember coming back on a flight on, um, you know, I think it was probably TWA from Germany, maybe early 90s, late 80s. And it was like we were in business class back then and, and um, upgrades, of course. And the last row of. I think of business class was a smoking section. And so the people in the smoking section are just smoking up a storm, but the other six rows or whatever are just, you know, getting buried with it too. So yeah. nobody wanted to say, you know, they were like, we're going to protect our right to smoke and drinking and driving. There's another one. Yeah. You know, people were pissed that you couldn't drive drunk. Yeah. You know, so well, I remember yeah. to go cups when I first, when I was in high school waiting tables, there were, you gave people from the bar and the restaurant to go cups with their, yeah. with their drink in it. You know, it's funny. Cause um, I did a little story. I remember when I was in, I went to grad school in Athens, Georgia and um, you know, there were bars, there's open carry law, not of course guns too, but I mean, open carry of alcohol. Like you could buy a drink in one bar and then walk down the streets of Athens into another bar with that drink. So we'd all go to right. this bar. I think it was called last resort. And they had margaritas for happy hour. And it was like a $2 margarita. But it was like, you know, sorry, my hands. I'm looking at my picture. It was like, you know, a yeah. quart. And right. the guy, I remember, still, Drew was the bartender's name. He's like, strong or more regular? And I'm like, let's, it's going to be a long light. Let's start regular. Just because strong was like half a bottle of tequila. Yeah, and so yeah. you had one drink. You know, if you went out and spent more than 10 bucks a night partying in Athens, Georgia, back in the mid-90s. I mean, you were in jail at that point, basically. Yeah. You were faced on the gutter. You just, it was just all open season. And now, God, you did, although I do walk around with the beer in my hand in the grove sometimes coming back yeah. to the fresh market. But I mean, all right, let's get jail. I took us so, way out of crypto. I don't even yeah. know how I got there when I was loading up this privacy thing. Anyway. Um, but you're right. Privacy I, is where we need to go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so. Anyway, uh, NIM, really fascinating project. And they just announced yesterday a $300 million fund uh, for developer recruitment. Now, you know, there's only so many developers to recruit. And I would, I think like if I do a quick air tally, I can count like two and a half, $3 billion in developer funds across chains, maybe more than that, maybe more like four or 5 billion if you add them all up. Um, Cause they all seem to be like 300 to 500 million. Um, but this is actually a pretty fascinating platform. Um, and so um, anyway, I, I would encourage folks to take a look at it. Of course, the links will be in there. They, what did it say? $300 million developer fund. But look at the, where's the investor list? Shit. Here's what we, uh, yeah. Binance Labs, Tioga Capital, Digital Currency Group, Polychain, 
Uh, Eden Block. I thought I saw Andreessen in here, but maybe not. Woby. Oh, there. A16Z. Fenbush Capital. I mean, these are big ass names uh, investing in a privacy chain. So, but here's the thing I saw was interesting. <laughs> like, this is the second round, by the way. They also raised a round, and this is the second round from their existing investors. So they were lauding the fact that their second investors stayed in and came back in. But, dude, they've been at this for four years. And they haven't launched like, hmm. mainnet yet. So road to mainnet, client apps and adoption. But they're like, there's a slow-ass timeline. Well, you know, uh, I mean, to, to, I, don't, I don't know what their whole goal is here, but these big projects take time. You know, it's true. Like, I saw something about like, God, I thought I forwarded all this into the channel, but I can't find it now. But some stuff on Stellar and what Stellar is doing now. And, and, oh no, it was in my email. That's right. Um, Cause I used to have a bunch of Stellar back in the day and just all the stuff they're doing in their DeFi space. And you're thinking, God, that's been going on with them for like, Oh yeah. You know, 2015 maybe. Yeah. I think when they got going, um and then algorand we talk a lot about uh cosmos that's been around forever um and then another one we talk a lot about but a lot of these have been around four to five years yeah so you know when you think about really building out a big platform um i i guess it's just taking that long these days yeah um evidently there's like there's a bunch of uh uh, privacy advocates in here. Now, one of the things I saw that was interesting was they um, they talked about how they're going to focus a lot of the funding into academic researchers, mm -hmm. which to me is always a bit of a warning sign. I, I love academic researchers. Don't get me wrong. I think they're necessary, important. They bring us a lot of developments, but I just wonder, like, are you know, are they five years from actually people using this and this generating revenue? I I, I don't know, but. Um, I guess we'll we'll see Find where out. it goes. Yeah. We'll is there a token? Uh, NIM. The token is NIM. N Y M. Let's see if we got a. It's not listed anywhere. Oh, I saw a little spike in uh, BTC. Just had a nice pop. Yeah. Yeah. Just ran up from thirty nine to thirty nine four seventy five. Now it's backing off a little bit, but looks like oh. a little buying going into the FOMC nice. announcement. So. Um, but let me see. I can't see Nim on. I'm on Binance right now. I don't see it here. It may not. Um, maybe it's not. Mark. Maybe it's the token is supposed to be used as utility for privacy protection. So, okay. um, you know, to 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 power the network. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway, it's interesting, and those are some big ass investors in there. So um, that's one to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you see that group of uh, VCs into something, I mean. You know, it's almost like it can be anointed at that point, you know, yeah, to the normies, not to the not to the crypto vets, of course. So so Dick Merriman, a 79 year old computer engineer, had owned Wormhole. Uh, was it Wormhole.com or Wormholes.com? Wormhole.com for something like 28, 29 years. Uh, and he bought it because he loved Carl Sagan and he bought it way back. And he and his wife used it for their email address, have always used it. And the venture fund behind Wormhole, which is uh, that Solana bridge that got hacked for mm -hmm. whatever amount, had Jump had been trying to buy it. And so uh, they used a domain broker and went to this guy and said, we'll give you five grand. And he, 
you know, kind of tongue in cheek replied back and said, uh, no, I'm, I don't want to sell it. Uh, something like, um, yeah, he said something like in jest that the price was 50 grand thinking that would just make them go away. Right. So they came back and said, okay, deal. We want it for 50 grand. And he goes, no, no, no. I was just kidding. Right. And 50 so, million. so, well, that, yeah, I mean, at least a million. So what does jump do? Jump sues the 79 year old for breach of contract because he put it in that email that, it, that it was 50,000 was the price. And he didn't have the resources to fight them in court because you could have easily said, look, we didn't have a contract. I didn't agree to actually yeah. sell it. It was and just, it, it was, was satire. Easy to, easy yeah. to fight that, but he was overwhelmed by jumps attorneys and gave it up for 50 grand. Fuck. Yeah. Sucks. 2,500 was what he accepted, I think, and then backed out. Okay. No. Amen was saying, no, Amen was just here. Oh. Now he 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 didn't take uh they I think that's what they offered him. No, they I think they yeah, they offered twenty five hundred dollars. And he said no, that the price is a firm fifty thousand. I saw the emails on another article, I don't know where it was. Um so but anyway. You're right. Look, just saying it in an email is not a contract. Right, right. He he didn't say he didn't say you can, you know, I'll absolutely do this and you can back out of a deal if you haven't signed the contract. Absolutely. That's right? why deals fall apart all the time at the exactly. deal signing table. Exactly. It's just ludicrous and it's just shitty. And here's what it tells you. Like it tells you fuck that, jump. That's a VC I never want to fucking do business with. Yeah. Right? And it's and it tells you that the the um that that well I shouldn't say that. Yeah, there, no. there have been a lot of those kinds of uh, attitudes and, and modes coming out of that blockchain world. Uh, and I'll just leave it at that. But maybe they'll sue us <laughs> and we'll show them what it's really all about. Exactly. So bring it, jump. You suck. It's, it's just shitty. I would never do business with a company like that. Like never. Like, look, I'm all for aggressive negotiation. And if the man said, yeah, okay, 50 grand, that's cool. And then changed his mind, you know, and agreed and said, yes, I will sell it to you. Then maybe I'd be a little more um, sympathetic, but I can't be. It's just shitty. It's just, you know, and I'm sure, look, it may just be one person there, but they've tainted the reputation of the firm in my eyes. Uh, I just, yeah, you know, it's I mean, it's, well, I don't, I mean, that's a pretty wormhole of all. That's a pretty good name. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it just seems like it's, you know, I remember buying, um, advising the guys to buy realestate.com and it was a similar situation, the domain. And it was a realtor in Columbia, South Carolina had it just registered early. And this was a group a company I was advising out of Atlanta um, that, you know, made some big moves. I mean, it all cratered after.com, but, but I remember at the table with the, my client and the guy selling it, and, you know, he wanted something like 60,000. And this was like maybe 98-ish, 97-ish. And, you know, we converted him to stock uh, with a little bit of cash. But I think he got his price somewhere around there because that's a huge domain name. So, um, and he was happy with it in the end. 
I don't know how he was happy with it later for his stock, but but the price he was happy with. And, you know, and it was a nasty negotiation a little bit, but it was, you know, nobody suing anybody or anything. Yeah. Um, so 50,000 for this, this is probably worth at least half a million in my mind. I, I would put it if, in the half a million range. Yeah. I mean, so they got a good deal, but you're right. You know, you got to, I mean, we don't, I don't know. It just seems ludicrous when you're printing money to be arguing for stuff, you know, exactly. because you're paying it with shit that really isn't worth anything anyhow. Exactly. So, you know, the no. token or something, but you, know, you just mint more. Um, so I'd rather have people happy rather than this media out there. Of course, making me look like dicks. Of course, because I'm going to tweet about them being dicks today. So yeah, so I mean, even at the closing table, you could be like, "All right, look, you know, we're just so there's no ill feelings. We're just going to throw in another fifty grand. Here's a hundred something. Yeah, Yeah. something. And oh, by the way, we'll let you keep your email accounts. You know, we'll we'll host your email accounts for you. Like, don't be just don't be dicks. Just just don't be a dick. Just like you get you get much better. I'll tell you what. If they had did some sweetener at the end for them or threw them a bunch of tokens or something, yeah, um, you know, they'd get so much positive press. Exactly. And everybody would exactly. be like, wow, okay. Um, you know, it's not like we're talking about $50 million here. Exactly. You know, that you're like, that's uncool. It's like, I think you play everything for brand, you know, and just try to be, you know, try to get positive. I mean, the positive press on, you know, doing a good, a right deal with this guy, please, you know, would far outweigh the, 50 grand, 100 grand you save by, you know, screwing them. Yeah, exactly. Like, let the 79-year-old keep his email addresses, which is what he really wanted. Make him, you know, whole with a good chunk of cash. Do do a deal that's honorable. And then you can even promote it. You can say, look, you know, we got this, you know, 79-year-old who deserved the money for holding on to this for so long. It's a good investment by him. We did the right thing, but now. He's he's uh, probably a vet, too. You know, at that age. So, you know, you could play that angle too about absolutely not screwing over the vets. Yep. Yeah, it's you just know. shitty. And look, it's it's more of the crypto bro look, right? Like, you know, we're supposedly better. We're supposedly creating a better financial system and you know, doing the same shit the other guys do. So. Well, the crypto bro shit just reminds me of the mortgage brokers in two thousand and eight. Exactly. Just, they don't know half the shit they're talking about. And, <laughs> you know, and they've been lucky as shit. They're all young. So they've just grown up in like free money territory from 08 yep. to now. And now you're going to see how they hold up when all the money gets sucked out of the system. Yeah. And, you know, exactly. I'm, I'm just waiting to watch a lot of these little motherfuckers crash and burn. Yeah. And let's see if they recover from that. Absolutely. Um, oh, there's the last thing I got, Joe. We may cut it. We may cut it short today. Um, oh, wow. Somebody put to, somebody put together a really cool uh, Dune uh, dashboard uh, about Ethereum, um, and it's actually it's actually pretty pretty helpful. So it keeps track of obviously price and current market cap. Why do I keep trying to say crap on market cap? Um, Two hundred five million current active wallets. One point five six billion in Ethereum transactions. 14.7 million total Ethereum blocks, and there are 50.2 million smart contracts, I guess, deployed. It says created. I'm assuming it means, you know, that some way they were deployed on the network. 50.2 million. Now, I, I wonder if he counts a test net from that. I don't know. Anyway, nice price chart in here. Current gas chart. Look, there's, is this, uh, oh no, that was way back. And, um, Showing transaction climbing, how much how much is there? 
number of active users weekly. So that's accumulated. Oh, that's an this is a really interesting stat, Joe. Which one's like that? If you look, so if you look at down here at the, let me see if I can enlarge this. Yeah. Um, can you see that? Oh no, it's in the. That's not going to work because it doesn't show up on the. Uh, that sucks. Oh yeah, just looking at code. That's always fun. Yeah, I wish there was some way what to is, hide that. What is that? Fortran. Let me. Yeah. <laughs> no. Let me go back to it. Uh, so uh here i'll enlarge it so this is actually a pretty interesting stat i'd love to track this back against price but these are weekly new users coming in so it's really interesting to kind of see these growth levels this was may 10th of 2021 and then we had the dump like the 18th was the dump right like right here um, it's interesting. I wonder if anybody's done an analysis where they correlate and look at uh, user growth, wallet growth against uh, against price. I don't know. So is it the wallets? This is just active wallets? No, this says, so this is, this line is Ethereum. total cumulative wallets ever created and orange is new weekly oh. counts. So these are new wallets. I assume it's, they call it users, but I don't think they can, I don't think so they can. Acceleration, users. yeah, acceleration and new yeah. uh, people coming into crypto. Still, I mean, look, I'm looking at the April there. That's probably Pumptober right there. That little spike there in between April 21 and April 22 in the middle. Yeah, and then you see it tailing off. I mean, that's to be expected. I mean, until you know the uh, user-friendly tools come into play, so that the average normie can move in um, easily into DeFi. You know, you're going to see that kind of if the price is going down, you're going to see no, uh, you know, a slowdown in new users coming. Yeah, that's yep. interesting right there too. Well, I'd love to match this against gas price, right? Like I'm sure you know these were our these were our big spikes in price when the smart contract deployments decreased. Yeah, I saw an interesting. Uh, here we go. I'll show this one in a second, but there's an interesting chart in here on. Wait for it to load on uh, DeFi, um, you know, TVL growth, which I thought was pretty interesting. I'll pull that one up when you keep talking. It's just taking a little This is, um, I would love to, I want to open another tab to map off uh, Ethereum. I'm going to put it in the channel, in the DeFi, our, you know, our Q channel here. So you might want to pull this one up. Hold on one second. Okay, let's look at the chart. Where were the biggest dips? So that was August 2nd, 2021. November 2020. All right. Well, I shouldn't do this live because I'm going to bore the shit out of everybody in the room. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hmm? I, I sent one over on liquidity, DeFi growth. This is through April 25th. Uh, it's in the channel, in the Telegram channel. It's some good stuff in here. That's actually going to end up in used by me in an, another project. This one right here, I like the total value DeFi. And then it kind of goes into a description of, you know, how this is a good like primer for people that don't really get oh, it. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. I'll put this in the show notes. Yeah. Because if you go down, you see it explains liquidity mine or liquidity farming or LPs and all that stuff and how that works in a pretty interesting way. And then this one compounds and it goes down it just gives a big descriptor but i really like the the total value lock at the top is pretty good yeah um, 
you know, showing the growth um, from specifically then uh, June of 21 up to now. Yep. So it's interesting because you see how it kind of fell off that one right there, the greenish one. Yeah. This, that one at the top, you see how it fell off right there. Um, that first big peak pinnacle right there on uh, just before June. Yeah. That yep. one. Uh-huh. And then it fell off. So I'm guessing that's when, you know, that's, that's the May 18th dump. Yeah. Yeah. And then look, then you kind of do a little crabbing through June, July, and then here we go. There's our run up. So it looks to me, it's kind of interesting. Cause you see, I'd like to see that laid over the new Ethereum wallet chart. You were just showing that oh, time yeah. period because I'm wondering if it looks like a lot of the new entrants were going straight into DeFi at that point, yeah. um, which is something that needs to be looked at, you know, more deeply. Um, you know, another story that we kind of missed um, that I was just trying to, I just saw it was, you know, Cuba approving cryptocurrency services. Um, oh, I didn't see requires that. a central bank license. Yeah, I'll pop that one in the thing too. Um, this is just from five days ago, but um, that's an interesting thing. So, you know, they're kind of doing it. I mean, one of the people are saying to avoid or get around U.S. sanctions, but you know, we know that doesn't work. Right. Um, but I think they're just going to be trying to do an El Salvador thing or, a, you know, whomever else is making it as, you know, something, you know, for the whole society. And again, you know, with these authoritarian governments, there's not really a problem in implementing. Right. You know, it's right. more a dictatorial implementation. Um, but I'd like to see what that does, just because we have a lot of, you know, Cubans here in Miami, of course, and um, be curious to see what that does to you know, remittances and things from, uh, you know, Cuban families here sending back to their relatives. Oh, yeah, that could be a nice boost. Absolutely. Yeah. So that is something, you know, I was down in, um, I think I was, oh, was it a call I was talking about this? I was down at the Miami City Hall yesterday for a while, you know. I'm um, sorry. Went to run into my brother. He's on, you know, the, it's not the city commission, it's not the commissioners, but it's the historical review board for the city of Miami. And they uh-huh. meet there at the Pan American Terminal building there. Oh, okay. And I hadn't been in there in ages. I mean, a great building and the history. Oh, yeah, it's cool. a cool yeah. building. But, you know, I'm standing there and, you know, Suarez's guys are in there. And and I'm like waiting to go into the meeting hall. And, and I'm standing with my daughter and we're like right in front of the mayor's office door. And I was thinking, you know, um, and he's going to be at that Bloomberg event on Friday, by the way, just so you know. Okay. Um, so, you know, with his stance on crypto... And now Cuba going pro crypto, um, you know, it seems to me that that is a good thing. Absolutely. I mean, Silicon Beach. I mean, you can basically change the society there um, in ways that, you know, the Cubans here would like to see yep. um, through crypto. So this is a thing where, again, more user adoption. Yeah, that's the building right there. In fact, I was parked right down there in the bottom right of the circle. There's like visitor spaces right I'm there. Su- I'm surprised it's lasted this long and nobody's tried to... Uh... No, no commission in the past has tried to sell it because yeah, that piece of property would be. Uh... Yeah, I think it was. There's a history to it when it was bought by the city. But what was cool is that that building was a terminal for Pan Am Airlines. You know, the seaplane. The seaplanes coming in. in like yeah. 33, 34, 35. And, and so there, there was a rooftop restaurant there. Um, and, you know, of course, there was I, there's pictures in the in the building of what it looks like around there. So. If you, yeah, so see those hangers over in the back? 
Yeah. Well, those are all boat terminal or boat hangers now. And the fresh market is actually that I talk about a lot is on yeah. the other side of that big one. Exactly. And right over there's here. Like, yeah. And those are all that's all big marina. You know, they got all the power boats stacked up on lifts. And then to the left of that hangar, there's a big new building there. And then, of course, on the other side of that street running left to right is, you know, all those super posh high rise condos. Yeah. And, you know, fresh market, the last one. And, you know, it's just. It's a really cool and parks to the left and dinner key marinas there. And then the real fancy yacht clubs are down to the right. Um, but it's just a cool part of town. Yeah, and, it really is. Um, you know, you just think about what's, you know, the Miami crypto stuff is emanating right out of there. I mean, that's where Suarez's office is. So, exactly. Um, you know, there is big stuff happening around here. If we could just get this friggin wick down and reset the price base for everybody you know i think that we're gonna see a, something skyrocketing yeah i'm still wondering about that base discussion we had yesterday i did I, anybody I don't know. come in on that nobody nah, said anything in your nah. crypto twitter feed it's, right it's probably we're probably sound completely fucking nuts to say that you know because it's You're like, like are we bottom now i mean i tend to think no but me too. maybe maybe my we are no even the institutional guys like to reset i mean when my it was a group, you know, I remember when Casablanca Capital bought um, Cleveland Cliffs, which is yeah. a big, uh, they make these pellets that are coal mining pellets or something that are used in the steel making industry, predominantly on the Great Lakes region now. But, you know, they bought it and you know, they bought it. It was at 28 and it was just, it went all the way down to one. <laughs> but, you know, these guys were making so much money on the way down too you know so right. when i look at and i that was a lesson i kind of learned when i kept waiting for it to bounce and it wouldn't and then it finally bounced and you know i was trading options on it at that point so i was happy but but um you know i think that can be done in crypto so i think when the timing's right or the excuse is there you're going to see them move it down but the move down is just to accumulate more so you know okay, what you got to do is go to kingfisher and look at the liquidity stacks where all the liquidity is placed and, you know, there's a ton of it down there in 25, 28 that they're all set to buy. Um, yeah. The question is, are there enough people that are going to sell it to drive it down there? And that's, right. you know, I mean, we know that the the old OG whales that are still holding, you know, they're never selling. You know, we talk yeah. about that a lot. But the institution guys, I mean, they're oh, traders. Yeah. You know what? I saw an article this morning. I meant to send it over to our group that, uh, uh, yeah, here it is. Institutions shed $133 million uh, in outflows. Was that all and institutions? I wasn't sure if that was, I kind of caught a glimpse of that. I wasn't social sure investors that was shed $133 million worth of Bitcoin investment products last week, marking the largest week of outflows since June of last year, which obviously that was coming off the May dump. Uh, Total of 120 large Bitcoin outflows are marginally offset by a surprise 38 million worth of inflows for FTX token products. Um, that's not a great sign. I mean, you know, we, we we had so much coming in and now to see an outflow like that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, look, let's see. ETH, ETH suffered 25. No, it's at the bottom. ETH, scroll up a tiny bit. Suffering 25 million worth of outflows in MTD. Yeah, I mean, you know, my feeling is that I doubt if they're selling at a profit right now at this price. I mean, right. Maybe they are. 
you know, maybe they bought in the twenties and, or maybe they bought last year at 28 and they're like, okay, we're, we're up 50 ish. Well, we're up 30 something percent. Let's just bail um, and book the profit and wait for the dip. Right. Um, so I think that that sort of helps in some ways because then, um, you know, they're already out and waiting to buy um, at that bottom, wherever it is. But at the same time, you know, I don't think it's it, probably some of it could be people, people that are at losses that are just terrified. Yeah. Um, you know, that where is it going next? So I, I don't know. I want to see capitulation. You know, um, I want to see, uh, you know, blood in the streets, so to speak, on it, because that's the only way it resets and starts moving up fast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I don't know if that's going to hey, does Chuck Does Chuck live in Fairfax County? They're out. Um, either there or Loudoun. One of those so, two counties, Northern Virginia counties. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I shouldn't have said that. I just realized that. Sorry. About yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> They're Northern Virginia guys. Uh, Fairfax County is um, uh, about to potentially in the next few days, approve uh, investing pension police pension funds into DeFi yield farming. Hmm. He has a lot of connections in that County. So maybe he did it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we got to play for them, our institutional products, our, our G to C products. There you go. There you go. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Let's, co let's close it out, man. I got shit to do. Yeah, me too. Um, nothing else. We talked about Cuba. We talked about the liquidity. Talk, guys, just anybody's interested, Google up Stellar staking. They got a bunch of new stuff coming out. If you're sitting on a bag of Stellar, you might, you're probably already in it, to be honest. But um, yeah, seems like there's some stuff going on there now. And, and you know, I didn't really see anything else too exciting other than that but you know look btc is holding around thirty nine thousand right now um you know the action's gonna start soon you know i think the announcement fomc announcement's at two so oh yeah we see a little yeah it's back down to 30 it backed off another 500 back to 39 so that might have been one of those uh sucker pops. Yeah, yeah yeah absolutely but you know we'll see what happens so two o'clock's the news we'll talk about that tomorrow Yep. Everybody, thank you for watching. Please rate and review us. Subscribe on, if you're watching on YouTube, click the little bell after you subscribe so you get alerts when we have new episodes out. Please uh, put some comments in uh, under the video. If you have any questions, thoughts, ideas, whatever, feel free to also please review us on Apple Podcast if that's, or any other podcast app if that's where you're listening. We appreciate you. We love you. And I uh, hope everyone has a great afternoon. See you, Joe. Yeah. See you later, buddy. Thanks, everyone.